about 122. I, I think that's the number I landed on, uh, 122 people. And that's going to be low. That's going to be a low number. But, but that's the number of people that have played a significant role in my life. I went all the way back to childhood and, and not just a, a good role or a positive role. Like this doesn't include any bad people. That, that's another sermon, right? These are good people and really that kind of like defined and marked that, that whole season of life for me. And it, and it would be low. Gosh, that number doesn't include a, some great coaches. That number doesn't include some good teachers or bosses or co-workers and friends. I, I don't even know I can tell you exactly how I drew the line. But it was just people when I think about, okay, you know, when I was like age five to nine, that person kind of defined that, that time. And so I came up with this number of of 122 and started looking over the list. And, and I didn't just randomly do that. I, I kind of did it in light of today's message and the promise that I was looking at. I, I looked at that 122 and it found it really interesting, not surprising, but interesting that while these are people that have been such a big part of my life, almost none of them were in my life anymore. I, I mean, I'm talking like three out of four, like 90 of those 122 play no role in my life anymore. They left. I left. They died. I have not yet died, to my knowledge. To my knowledge. You know, in none of those partings was there anything negative or hurtful. It was just like, you know, you have a, a lot of people in your life that, that a season of life, a job, school, something brings you together and you, and you journey together for a while, but it, but it ends, Right? And, and then you hit that moment and you kind of go different ways. I mean, I think we just call this life, isn't it? You know, we just, we just move on. But when you stop and think about it, it really is amazing that there's almost nobody in your life that doesn't leave you. Almost no one in life that doesn't leave us. And today at 4 o'clock, my baby girl is going to leave me. And, and that is stinging a little bit. And then I'm thinking, what have I done? I helped. I loaded the U-Haul this past week. I'm, I'm going to voluntarily put her hand into a, another man's hand this afternoon. And, and it is exciting. It is good. We, man, we love Danny. We love... Oh, well, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. That must be Danny's family that got that going. <laughs> yeah, we love Danny and, and, and just the relationship they've built together and what they've built together in the Lord. And we're, we're just really excited about their future and all they're doing. Although I have started thinking, I've gotten a little concerned. I don't know how long they're going to be up in New York City. I don't know how long they're going to stay there. And it dawned on me, could like they have children up there? And, and possibly one day some kids come running into the house and they say, Hey, Pop, we're here from Brooklyn. What you want? You know, and, and I'm, it's kind of scaring me to think that that could happen, you know. But, uh, no, it, it, it's all exciting. It's all good. But it, it's still, you know, even though it's natural, even though it's by design, it's still different, right? It, it, it's still a change and it, and, and it hurts a little bit. You know, I don't, I don't mean to be overly melodramatic this morning with my life or, or, or with yours. But man, there's a lot of exits in life if you think about it. There's just a lot of exits. And again, that's not even talking about bad exits because those make up a part of life too. 
We're not even dealing with that. We're just talking about the good exits that, that take place in life. And, it, and it's challenging. And I, I know in my life, it seems like as I get older, the, the exits just get faster and faster. And that's what I think makes today's promise that we're looking at just so precious in my life. I find as I get older, I, I want to hold on to this promise tighter and tighter. What a great promise from God that He, He will never leave us. Look up here at Hebrews chapter 13. I hope you'll open your Bible. If you have that with you, you'll find Hebrews right at the end of the Bible. Find Revelation, the last book, and just go back to the left a few and you'll, you'll land in uh, Hebrews. Have that open. And, and the, the, the promise is actually kind of short, simple, and sweet. But we're going we're gonna to hear some of what God is talking about, what He's thinking about as He gives to us This great promise. Hebrews chapter 13 beginning in verse 4. says, let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you had. For he has said, here's the promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we, in light of that truth, in light of that promise, we now have the opportunity, we now have the ability to confidently, notice that word, boy, I think, I heard, I hope, no, confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, the reason I thought it was kind of interesting to read the context, to to read the words that bring us into the promise, is because at least as I read it, the words don't seem to match the promise. It kind of seems like what we're talking about doesn't actually produce then this promise that God gave. So, you know, I kind of step back and say, why is God talking about this and this? And and then out of that comes a promise. And you know, you stop and look at these verses and you think, well, what is he talking about? I mean, you can kind of put it in two words, can't you? He's talking about money and sex. And then you stop and think, wow, wait a minute. Think of the impact that money and sex has had on relationships. Now, there certainly can be a positive impact, right? Yeah, yeah money has, a, money has, sex has a, a positive role, a, a positive impact on a relationship. But I don't I don't think we're saying anything shocking or surprising to say, boy, it's had a profoundly negative impact too. There's been a lot of destruction in relationships because of the influence and the role of of sex and money. We've had a lot of exits because of sex and money. And so perhaps what God is doing here is just reminding us of the very broken world that, that you and I live in. And as we travel through this world, he gives us some commands here. Hey, honor this, protect this, be careful you're not falling in love with. He gives us these commands. And remember, he doesn't give commands, folks, because he's giving us hoops to jump through. You know, here's some tricks. If you can do these, I'll let you into my heaven. No, remember, his commands are for us. They're, They're to help us navigate a broken world. They're to help us navigate broken relationships. And so he's calling to mind the things that you and I have to deal with, the things that you and I have to navigate through in giving this. And in the midst of that, he's saying, hey, listen, as you walk through this world and you experience its brokenness, you're touched by its brokenness, you're touched by broken relationships, there's grief, there's guilt, you're walking through a world in which it's kind of easy to end up never actually being satisfied. 
Never actually being content. There's, there's always a, a problem, always something broken. It's right in the midst of that that God says, hey, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to always be with you. There's, there's absolutely nothing that's going to happen in which I would leave you. I, I, I'm there with you. Man, isn't that, an, isn't that an incredible promise as we try to understand and walk through this world? And then, of course, we have that command. I also think in this context, it's kind of interesting. He makes this command about, about marriage. Because if you stop and think about it, marriage is the one relationship. I'm not saying it's the only relationship. I'm not saying it's the only good relationship. I am saying it's the one relationship in which you and I can experience, in, in which you and I can exercise a godlike promise. You and I can take this promise that God has made to us and try, work, at living that promise out in somebody else's life. I mean, stop and think about it. Only in marriage can I say, I will never leave you. There's no other relation. Out of all the host of wonderful and good relationships where we can make that promise. Man, think of all the meaningful relationships we have. My mom and dad are here. I left them. Didn't even look back, just out the door. I was running after Karen. And gosh, four years ago, Mary Beth left us, went on to get married. And today at four, Amy is going to leave us. And, and not to marriage, but gosh, not even seven more days by the end of this week, my boys will have left to school and, and military. I mean, folks, we've got a lot of leaving going on at the Hahn household right now. I mean, there's just nothing happening at our address that isn't about leaving. But in all of that, good, bad, right, wrong, natural, unnatural, by design, not by design, in all, in all of that, I, I don't leave Karen when that day's over. She, she doesn't leave me when that day's over. And God, isn't that kind of the wonderful romantic part, the idea of marriage, is there's this, there's this person that in a world of coming and going and exits and leaving, there's this, this person where that, that doesn't happen. We don't leave them. I mean, I, I do think that's what brings a lot, of, a lot of people down the aisle here to that moment. But of course, I think also in most marriages, if not all marriages, you have some days where the idea of being together for the rest of life is less than appealing. Thinking, I'm not even sure I'd like to be with you the rest of the day. But, but hey, now think about this. This is really cool. Now, it's hard to think of this on that day, right? But do you know that in that moment, you really have a chance to get insight to what it's like that God made that promise to you? I mean, gosh, folks, think about it. We, we don't always appreciate God, do we? we? We don't always appreciate Him. We don't always acknowledge His help. We don't always faithfully or, or rightly communicate our love to Him. Gosh, I, I, I doubt you and I think about it this way, but, you know, folks, we cheat on God. Like the Scripture says, we're actually adulterous in our relationship toward him. He's, he's the great love of our life. But we go trucking out the door all the time. Chasing after other loves of the world. And, and gosh a lot of those loves are actually just like in total contradiction. To God and to our relationship with God. I mean that, that, that's adultery. We cheat on him. 
We don't go where we said we would go. We don't do what we said we would do. We do what we promised him we would we'd never do again, right? I promised the Lord I would never do that again. And I, I, I can't even count how many times I've done that since I last promised that. I mean, guys, folks, think about it. All the ways that, that we can think that our mate is failing us, our mate is frustrating us, all of those ways, those are all ways we have, in fact, failed God. And he never leaves. He never leaves. He never exits. He's promised that. Gosh, I, I say even in marriage, I say marriage gives us an opportunity, uh, you know, to, to try to experience that, to, to try to express that. And, and yet even there, ultimately we can't keep that promise because I, I, I will exit Karen's life one day, but by death or her mind. I don't know which one will come first, but it, one of us is, is going to ultimately leave the other. But you know, as you stop and think about that, think about this. Death doesn't touch God's promises, does it? Death doesn't affect or change or remove God's promises. As a matter of fact, death only brings the fulfillment of that promise. Now I get to see the God who has always been with me. I get to see the God who has always been there, who has been my help. How awesome is that God and His promise? Hey, I want to do something a little bit different here. The message is not over. I know a lot of times when we say, let's pray, we think, ah, get to the car. The message is not over. The message is not over. But, but I do. Would you bow your heads for a moment? And let's do this. I'm not going to pray out loud. I'm, I'm not going to lead in prayer. I, I want you to take a second and just tell God what that promise means to you. Maybe it's a word of thanks, a word of praise. Maybe something comes to your mind where very specifically you think of his presence and his help and you want to praise him for that. Just, just tell him what that promise means to you. Now, now take a moment and ask the Lord to give you wisdom, to give you guidance in how you should respond to this promise. I, I mean, if God's always with me, if he's my help, is, is there a place I need to be stepping out? Is there a place I need to be trusting and, and obeying? Is there something I need to confess? Ask the Lord, hey God, how should I be responding to this promise and to you being there. Just talk with him about that for a second. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to, you know, we think, okay, God's with me. What a neat promise. But when you start kind of cataloging and walking through all of the ramifications that has, all of the things that then means in our life. For, for, for instance, we just prayed, right? Do, do you realize the very second you said, dear Lord, he, he's already there. You, you don't have to say, dear Lord, and then see if you got an open line. 
You know, when you say, dear Lord, you know what you're never going to hear? You're never, oh, thank you for calling. Could you give me three minutes? I just need to finish something right over here. I'll be back in three minutes. No, he, 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 he's there. And because he's there, he knows already what led you to say, dear Lord. He already knows what's going on, what you're, what you're feeling, what you're dealing with. He already knows before any word comes out. And when you say amen, guess what? He's still there. He's still there to begin ministering the answer to that prayer instantly and immediately. Even if you don't see the answer for months. You could be praying about, I imagine somebody in here right now, you've, you're praying about something that's been going on for years. That doesn't mean the answer won't come for years. Man, God starts ministering in that answer in your heart or maybe in somebody you're praying about. He starts ministering the answer right at that very moment, if, even if you and I won't see its fruition for a while. He's always there. And, and, and folks, he, he's not there so he can catch you. He's not there so he can discover the bad things. He already knows the bad things. He knows the sins before you commit them. He's not there to catch you. He's not there as some kind of creepy stalker. He's there in love. He's there in devotion. He's there in commitment to you. Can I always tell that? I can't. I can't always tell that. I can't always sense that he's there. I would assume none of us actually can always tell that. But, but, but I'll tell you something, at least for me. As I get older, I think, I'm trying, I get, I'm getting to the place where I actually trust God's promises more than I do my senses. I, I've been around enough now to know my senses will, will lead me astray. My, my senses will misinterpret data going on around me. My senses will just send me in a wrong direction. God's promises never misinterpret the data. God's promises never misinterpret the world. God's promises never misinterpret what they said. God's promises never send me in a wrong direction. I I, I think there's real evidence to suggest it's probably safer to trust the promise than whether I can tell or not that he's there. He promises that he's there. And he's there to be help. And in that, folks, is our peace. That's where our contentment, that's where rest is. I mean, I guess this would be the idea. I I can in this moment rest, not because everything's right in the world. Not not because I'm living under some idea that, that when I wake up tomorrow, nothing's broken. Guilt, grief, all those things are now gone forever. No, I'm not at rest. I'm I'm not at peace because everything's right and perfect. I'm at rest because whatever tomorrow holds, I wake up with God. Whatever tomorrow holds, I walk through it with God. Amen? And He will help me. He promised. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this promise is such a testimony to your goodness, to your love. It's such a testimony to your faithfulness. God, it's a testimony to your patience. I can't imagine that any of us in here have made it easy for you to keep this promise. And yet you always do. You never fail. You never exit. 
Oh God, I would, I would pray for each of us in here today, this week, uh, Lord, this summer, and maybe some of the issues or challenges or things we're working through. Hey, maybe we're grieving an exit. Oh Lord, I pray that we would trust this promise and we would experience the contentment, the peace, the help that you intend for this promise to bring into our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.